Epitech. What's in the report? Um, we basically compared it ar- around the sector and looked at its competitors, and then we found some glaring differences in terms of how delinquency rates, impairments, and basically how they treated their customers, while the rest of the sector is being, shall we say, in a severe default mechanism. Capitec seemed to be outperforming everyone, including international banks. So it gave us significant concern. The Capitec retail deposits more than doubled in the last three years, and, and, they, and they rose uh, 27% in fiscal 17 alone. And that outpaces the 10% expansion in loans, and it far outpaces anything that their competitors do. You know, their competitors got into trouble because they didn't have that deposits backstop, that cushion um, of popularity, really, with clients. Isn't this uh, what makes Capitec different from um, African bank investments and others that have, that have done poorly? You could say that if you're comparing it on a depositor base, that that's correct. But on the actual loan side, where the impairments within the industry are so significant, irrespective of deposits, if you've got severe delinquencies, there's a concern for the stability of the bank per se. Our research suggests that um, when contacting borrowers, they've been, shall we say, missold products um, in a a way that some of the legal documents that we uncovered would show is reckless. So depositors, they shouldn't be concerned. I don't know what the South African Finance Board's going to do, but essentially speaking, the loan book is looking in very bad health from our research. The company said, and we should make it clear that this is this is based on your report. This is not Bloomberg reporting. Detailed. This is this is the response. Detailed presentations on scheduling were done last year to international investors and local investors, as well as analysts. And the presentation is still available on our website. When we reschedule a loan, we do not release the provision. A detailed explanation was made in the financial statements. According to the borrowers, that would differ. If you do, if you backward reconcile all the loan book, there's a differential in the numbers something that Capitec have been doing now for five years. Just to be clear as well, I, I, you, you have a history in shorting stocks. This is, this is what you do. I'm, I'm assuming you have a position here. Yes. Can you give us any details of what that position is? No. We are short the stock. When we think about what the company is, is saying and doing here, clearly this has a material impact South African economy. It potentially has a material impact in the way that the government is, is going to handle all of this. I, what is... What is your position on the kind of the bigger picture of of where this company fits into that story? Well, there seems to be a regulatory loophole where they seem to extract higher fees with service charges, initiation fees. So they may adhere to the cap. It might not be unlawful to use additional fees on top. But essentially, the borrower is... um, in a predatory circle where they're unlikely to get out of it. And that's what we found with a number of the borrowers, where they were lent more money to repay the original loan, extend the term, and it was just a spiral. So that there is Bloomberg, a rather founder of uh, Viceroy Research, Fraser Parrying, speaking to uh, a Bloomberg reporter, and we were hoping to speak to 
uh, reporter France Wild a little bit more about that conversation. But let's continue the conversation now with Chief Economist at Pan African Investment Research Sciences, uh, Dr. Iraj Abedin. A very good uh, evening to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us, uh, Dr. Abedin. You've been listening in to some of that, and. Uh, uh, from what I've heard Mr. Farring saying is that because of a regulatory loophole, it would seem that Capitech Bank uh, is a borrow that forces borrowers into a predatory circle. Does that in simple terms mean that it's behaving like a machonista uh, that's forcing uh, its customers into a perpetual uh, lending relationship? That is, uh, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me and greetings to the listeners. Um, that is the allegation that they make. Um, the the point, the bigger point, is about their own credibility and the fact that they seem to be consciously and actively muddying the waters in order to make quick bucks, which, interestingly enough, uh, he did not deny. They short the stocks, then they make these allegations, the market tanks, and they make their money. By the time they correct them facts, they've already made their money. Are you but talking about Viceroy, be, Viceroy at this that, point? That's right. I think we need to be very careful. I went on their website. They refuse to tell us who they are. Um, they have no track record. And if they don't have the conviction of their own allegations to put their names and their credibility up. I have a big problem here. I'm not a shareholder of Capitec, let me also declare that. But I'm very, very concerned about the stability of the South African financial market or what they call it systemic risk that a bank can create as opposed to a Steinhoff or, or another, another stock. So that's the issue that I'm speaking to. And I'm extremely concerned that we're giving a lot of airtime, a lot of implicit credibility to a group that they don't have the courage to tell us who they are. Well, I, I mean, uh, just to support that statement, uh, Dr. Abedian, we ourselves have uh, been doing that for most of the day, trying to track them, who they are, uh, who's involved, and all that's available in terms of information to reach them is uh, an email. So uh, our colleagues Bloomberg did manage to track down the founder. We we tried to do the interview ourselves as well to understand exactly what else that they're alleging. So let's go to the allegations and in layman's speak, what are they talking about when they talk about uh, uh, missold products and uh, the issue of delinquency rates that uh, they're seems to be, uh, they talk about uh, an attempt to backward or that that's been done backward, reconcile and learn on the loan book. Yeah, I think basically they, uh, if I unpack it, they say they are, a, they are lending into a risky market. They are lending to people who are already over indebted and they can't pay back their loan. That is their claim. From a banking point of view, nobody denies that Capitec and Africa Bank and them, they are in that end of the market. The difference between Capitec and Africa Bank and other uh, lenders into the market is that twofold. One is that they provide for it conservatively, meaning in terms of the compliance with the bank regulatory requirements, they provide more than what they should against an expected bad debt. Therefore, from a 
solvency point of view from an integrity of a banking operation, they are secure and they have been assured by the bank regulator that in terms of their quarterly or, or annual or monthly monitoring that they do of all the banks, including Capitech, the bank regulator is satisfied that they're providing enough. So that's a big difference. The second difference with Africa Bank and other uh, competitors is that Capitec over time has diversified its revenue sources. It's not just relying on um, interest from the loans that they provide, but they also become the fastest growing in terms of opening new accounts, basically uh, raising their market share at the expense of, I must say, other banks. And um, so uh, the revenue base is not simply on 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 loans and uh, interest and admin costs that they, they charge on their loans. They have other sources of revenue, and that makes them a big player distinguishing themselves from the like of Africa Bank. Um, so back to, to why so I think they are claiming that they understand this sector much better than Capitec, much better than the bank regulator, but they can't tell us who they are and what their sources are.